Welcome to another edition of the Just Swinging It podcast. My name is John Burrell, and I'm here with Fat Baby Funds. How's everything going today? Going well. Was just painting my house, and now ready to talk a little bit about the market and whatever you want. Sounds good. So doing a little bit of home uh, renovations, I guess. Yeah, it's never ending. I bought a house that I thought wasn't a fixer-upper, and then it turns out it was. But <laughs> uh, that, that's what happens when you have a creative wife. Yeah, women, they definitely uh, like to change stuff around the house, uh, whether it's a, a new house you just bought or one you've been living in for a while. It's, it's hard to tell what side of the room furniture is going to be in once you get home from work, that is for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's an ever growing to do list, but it's it's good. It's all good stuff. Yeah, for sure. The good thing about women is uh, if if we didn't have uh, women around, we wouldn't have any pictures on the wall. We wouldn't have anything hanging up. It would just be blank walls, and uh, we'd barely hang a TV up just to watch football, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, TV and a futon that'd be it. But it looks way better this way, so I can't I can't complain. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, uh, they definitely make a house a home for sure. Um, I just went and played a little bit of basketball on Tuesday and then ready to get into the market a little bit. I guess the first thing is I'll run through uh, my market rundown and then we'll talk about we'll get into what happened today in a little bit more detail. So looking at the VIX volatility of the S&P 500, the SPX, it's a bullish trend. It's around 27, um, 27.27 for a volatility there on the on the VIX. S&P 500, major move to the downside today. Currently futures is at 3,936. Uh, so 3,936. It's a bearish trend, of course. We have oil, something we've been talking about on the podcast for a little while about being a good shorting opportunity below 95 trend is starting to drift lower which is a good sign uh, if you're being short oil it's now drifting into the 94 handle so uh, getting a little bit of tighter range for your risk management of shorting oil it's currently at 87 dollars and 74 cents the only thing bullish trend as far as the way i identified trends other than volatility on the sp 500 is the uh, treasuries, uh, the yield of the treasuries. So bonds have been getting beaten down for the better part of the year. Uh, right now, the 10-year is at uh, 3.42, so almost 3.5% on the 10-year treasury bond as far as the yield goes. Gold is bearish trend. It's now getting very close to that 1,700 level. But it's kind of been like Bitcoin in the fact that it'll come down, hit 1700, kind of rise back up and then kind of go back down. So it's really holding right there at 1700 and then getting over to Bitcoin. Bitcoin's been hanging around that $20,000 level. It's kind of like gold in the sense of it's been kind of bouncing, but still holding on to a, a certain level, which doesn't really mean anything to me. I don't have any models that suggest you know, support or resistance or anything like that. But um, gold is bearish trend and so is Bitcoin. Bitcoin bullish trend is now it would have to get above 28,500. 
So with this bearish trend is starting to get exhausted and you see this big pullback on the trend levels. So if we can get above 28, that might be a bullish um, case for Bitcoin. But that's basically the market rundown. Only thing that is bullish is the volatility on the broad market and the yield on the treasury bonds. So um, getting into what happened today, what is your... I guess, take on the CPI print that came out today and then what's your thoughts on the overall market and what are some of the plays you're making, Fat Baby? I mean, overall, not surprised. Inflation's sort of a sticky thing and once it gets going, it takes a while to really catch up with itself. So before we had this crazy commodity inflation, and really supply chain focused but now everything else is sort of catching up with that and one thing i was reading about it was talking about how for instance housing prices surge but rent takes a while to catch up for that all these different measures that are in inflation take a while to catch up with it um i know food was a big part of it but i've got a hard time seeing right now how Inflation is going to be massively coming down anytime soon. Uh, whenever I'm looking at inflation, I do like to look at the core inflation too. Uh, just because energy prices can swing like crazy, um, to me, what's really important is that core inflation and watching what that's doing. Um, but that's high too. So there's no doubt it's just not quite as high as the overall CPI print because energy is having such a large impact on it. Um, but the market obviously was surprised by it, but the market, it, it's, it'll do what the market always does where it'll drop and then it'll rise up. And in the short term, it does a bunch of crazy movements, but long-term I'm still watching um, how I think inflation is going to move. And I think it's going to be a slow, slow process. But as we keep raising, raising interest rates, that's going to, impact inflation hopefully downward and then uh it's not too long a year or two to get to normal inflation rates yeah we had such a crazy move to the downside once that number came out and it was one of the worst days or it was the worst day since the 2020 sell-off that we had when the market was down big uh, this is uh, over a four percent sell-off in the s p 500 which is a big down day for just a you know four percent in one day is is very huge move so what is some of the plays that you're making is anything more attractive than it was on the single stock level really i'm just doing what i'm always doing buying and holding um i am considering some different plays overall looking at puts um on some still expensive stocks but those always take a while and those are my game and money but really i'm doing what what i've been doing which is buying and holding slowly adding more um looking around seeing what what makes sense uh so overall i'm not making too many short-term plays off of this just because i i'm just a average man trying to figure out what the stock market does so one of the big advantages i have is time and if you start to take away that advantage and turn it into short-term trading, that's where that's where I really start to struggle. What is your thoughts on Apple and a few other big big stocks that 
haven't been beat up as much as you would think they would be, I guess. I mean, I know Apple, they've definitely had a pullback here from their top. And today was a, almost a 6% move down. But it just seems like Apple and a few other more specific stock names, I can't really think of all the different names, but I know like Apple and maybe uh, Microsoft, they've gotten beat down, but maybe not as much. Do you look for them to continue? Because they're a higher beta name. Do you look for them to continue to get more in line with the market? Or do you think that they'll continue? continuously kind of outperform because you know you have other stocks that have gotten 50 60 70 percent sell-offs and i know i don't expect apple to have a 50 percent drop or anything like that or a 70 percent drop like netflix or or facebook or something but do you think that it's possible that apple goes there or do you think that they'll continue to stay relatively strong yeah i mean i've always been sort of a dumb apple bear <laughs> uh when i look at it because when i look at it i think apple's clearly a great company i worry in the longer term that they've stopped innovating and they are mortgaging their moats they are having un uh competitive uh, practices around the app store and they do have a premium price product that's inviting a lot of competition, but uh, no doubt they've got the biggest mode modes out there. Um, but in the short term, I think they're just, when you start to look at their multiple, their multiple is very, very high for being the largest company in the world. So when I look at their multiple, I think I wouldn't be shocked to see a 30, 40% contraction in their multiple. And I think anyone who owns Apple has to be ready for that. Because they can only grow so fast at that large of a clip. Um, and Apple has had the benefit of growing their sales and growing their margin at faster pace. And they are saying they're a services company now. They've made that very clear on their Apple day. Um, but to me, I think Apple is one bad quarter away from a 20 or 30% dip. And I think they're susceptible to that because their multiple is pretty high. Um, I think a lot of Apple fanboys wouldn't agree with that statement, but any company trading at 24, 25 PE, um, I think is liable for a 30% dip in this kind of market. Yeah, I would tend to agree um, just from the simple fact of we've seen so many individual stocks get absolutely obliterated and this is one of the ones that's kind of really stayed strong through that i mean year to date it's only down 13 percent um, and the market is down about the same and you would think with a high beta i mean stocks are usually have a higher beta than the overall market so you would think that they would be at least lower uh, not within a few percent of the overall market and i, I know this is probably a stock that's hit that's mostly held through ETFs and other passive investment, um, you know, places. So I, I would think that eventually, even though all these inflows are coming into retirement accounts, eventually the fundamentals, like you're saying, will, will come more in line and they are, uh, I guess, higher risk than other things that have already been beaten down. When you're looking at a 25 P that just seems like a lot, but if it's a company that's going to be growing their top line 
at a reasonable clip and then they're going to be growing their margins. Um, they've got a lot of, a lot of potential and that 25 P might be a bargain, but I remember not that long ago, Apple was trading at a six or seven P cause there was China concerns and then there was the iPhone's dead, all that kind of stuff. That will come back. It's just a matter of when, and just like anything else, I'll be a, a huge fan of Apple if it's trading at 6P, but trading at 25P, um, I just can't do it. Oh, nice. And I just heard from Carmen, uh, Chris's wife, apparently he lost his phone or something, left his phone in one of his friends' offices. So that's why uh, we haven't heard from him. So that's interesting. So I've I'm glad um, she reached out, but we have to. I know he was getting on to her because she had left her phone in a stadium or something. They went to a concert or something, and she had left her phone um, a few months back somewhere. So I guess uh, he's getting to uh, feel uh, her her pain a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes around. Yeah, I hope around. he didn't. I hope he didn't say anything too bad to her because she's gonna let him have it now. So interesting stuff. Uh, so we were talking about CPI, and you or you were talking about CPI and core. Uh, just for people that may not, you know, be list or th that may be listening that might know the difference between those two. I know you're more of a, a fundamental guy. So can you kind of give a rundown of core versus CPI? Yeah, so essentially the normal CPI print, which came out at 9.1%, is a bucket of goods that is supposed to track inflation. Uh, when we're tracking core inflation, what that is, is that normal basket of goods, but then without uh, energy prices, and I forget what, there's a few things that they back out, but a few more of the volatile items that aren't quite long-term indicators of what's going on because sometimes energy prices can be crazy in the short term um, just for supply chain whatever reasons um, so when you're looking at it it's good to look at core cpi as well and so core cpi has been trending a few points lower overall um, than cpi because of the energy prices being so high so that's something I'm definitely watching and looking at and looking at the difference between those two. And I think core CPI is more important to watch in the long term. Um, in the short term, with everything going on with energy prices, it's pretty scary, especially with the war in Ukraine and Russia and all that kind of stuff. So I'm definitely not discounting the importance of energy, uh, but the impact that has on inflation in the long term, I think, is a little different. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's important to point out and talk about a little bit, just just in case someone is listening and doesn't know the difference of the two. I'm guessing they're still pretty correlated, just one's more volatile, I guess, with having food and energy in, in, in the, instead of the other one that doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I think there's times where they move against each other, um, but right now everything's inflationary. So you're seeing inflation in every bucket that you're looking at. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think 
like you said earlier, is we're going to see inflation stay elevated and may not continue to go higher. But I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if we don't continue to decline on the inflationary numbers or and even maybe see um, uh, deflation to some extent, especially if some of the um, supply chains get freed up and all those things get worked out and then also with um just high prices is a cure for high prices that's one of the sayings that uh, i've always heard growing up and things so at some point you price people out and the prices are going to have to come down to find a bid so definitely something to think about is there anything about the market that you're looking at or pointing out or or anything um before we close close out, I guess we got a short episode this week. No, I mean, overall, I'm just sort of trying to keep an eye on still what's going on in Ukraine, still keeping a close eye on what's going on in China, um, keeping an eye on uh, how people are reacting to the inflationary pressures. Overall, I mean, I think the Fed's doing the right thing. I think they were a little late to act, um, but I think the 75 basis point hikes and i think they'll they'll just be keep coming until we can get inflation a little bit more under control it's better to have a little bit more pain now than a lot of pain later so i think as we can get inflation under control i think interest rates are a good tool to do that so i'm still watching that not overreacting to anything as it happens and that's the beauty of being a long-term investor. So overall, those are the main things I'm sort of keeping my eye on the market. What about you? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know as far as the Ukraine stuff. I know that's been going on for a while. I haven't really heard anything more about it. I've been looking at China stocks. I know they've been getting creamed lately. What's your? Do you hold any international stocks, or do you have any opinion on international uh, stocks in your portfolio? Yeah, I uh, I I hold some international stocks. I I usually try to stay away from it. It's usually a little harder, but I do my four hundred one k. I do have half of my four hundred one k in an index fund that's all international stocks. So I'm not fully only u.s based a lot of the equities i own individual stocks of are all u.s based so in my 401k i try to diversify a little bit i have been playing around a little bit with uh negative ev stocks i don't know if you've ever looked at those so it's literally the market saying this company's going to this company's worth nothing essentially they 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 have more cash on their balance sheet than the market thinks they're worth so the markets in the long term this company is just going to lose money there's a lot of them right now and a lot of them are chinese companies chinese gaming companies that a while ago were worth 20 billion dollars and are now literally negative enterprise value um so i've been just playing around the speculative part of me has been looking at those saying hey should i should i and Every time I look at the company, I'm like, oh, this is this is rough. I'm, I'm going to stay away from this one. But there's other fun ones like the company Wish. They have a negative EV right now. Um, so 
the the cheap ass in me has been looking at those and sort of finding that fun. That's very interesting. So you're basically saying you're interested in in these companies that they have more cash than their market cap. Uh, so not than their market cap, than their um, enterprise value. Um, so that that just backs out essentially the cash. So it, it, it's, essentially, it's just saying that the when you look at it, they. Yeah, yeah. So it, th- some of them do have more cash than their market cap. Um, but yeah, that's definitely what I'm looking at is just these companies that are so dirt cheap. And a lot of them have billions and billions of dollars in, in sales. So they're huge sales companies, um, but they're losing a lot of money right now. And the question is, can they turn it around? Yeah, that's very interesting. That was actually one of my best plays that I've ever made in the stock market was on a stock, uh, oil stock marathon. So back when negative went, uh, I mean, oil went negative, uh, marathon was trading around three dollars. I think it might have went to two. It was I bought it about around three fifty. I was uh, trading options in marathon uh, to the long side. And the reason why was their assets, uh, like their total assets minus their liabilities, was valued higher than their market cap. And so I was selling puts. I, I sold um, some call spread just because the volatility had exploded with oil going negative. And it was just like, man, I, I don't think Marathon is going to go under. And the oil has to come up to a a positive level because we still need it it was just more of a supply chain uh, issue and people didn't have anywhere to store it because the country got shut down it wasn't producing as much as then uh, and using oil as much so that was uh, one of those places the things very attractive because it just seems like okay if they're worth more than our cap or i guess we're saying worth more than I don't know that term that you use, but it just kind of seems like a no-brainer. I'm usually not the one to buy things when they're cheap, but in those certain uh, scenarios, it's like, well, if a company has more cash than they're valued at, it's like, well, they're still worth how much cash they have at the least. I mean, that's kind of the way I'm thinking. Am I missing something? Or that's what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying is, like, when you look at – literally look at it there um... – their market cap is less than uh, the cash, the net cash they have on their balance sheet too. So it takes into account the debt they have. So these companies, a lot of times, have a lot of cash, have a little debt, but they don't. The in this time of great uncertainty, there's there's major companies out there that the market literally says, "I don't think you're ever going to make money." I'm I'm going to assume you never make $0 from now on and you're basically worth less than the money you have on your balance sheet right now. It's it's so, a fun space, but it's there. It's a lot of shit companies. It's you start to look at some of these and you're like, what the hell is going on here? But there's some you'll know of. There's, there's some that the market's hyped in the past. Um, there's, there's a lot of interesting, random, crazy companies in there. 
And are these with companies you said that was international or like you said China? Yeah, a lot of them are international. Um, some of them definitely aren't. Um, but yeah, a lot of them are are international. A lot of the stocks that I recognize, because when I went through the list, I probably only recognized, uh, I did a screener to pull it and it was like 400 companies came up. And of those, I probably recognized 10 of those. And of those 10 that I recognized, probably like six of them were Chinese. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Was there any of them that was based in the U.S. that you thought about bond? Uh, the only one that I really recognized that was based in the U.S. was there's a, a company called Agora, um, which is a tech company. And they um, uh, they they literally have a negative um, EV uh more cash than market cap, all that kind of stuff. And that one's a little interesting. Uh, I don't know much about the company, but I, it, it does. That's the, one of the ones that didn't look bad to me. Um, the other one that's really funny is wish wish is always a funny company overall. Uh, and, and they literally have the negative EV right now. But when you look at their financials, it's pure chaos. I don't even know how their sales went down this fast. It's got to be they were paying a ton in advertising expense, and they just let it uh, all go to zero. And with that, their sales went down to zero. Um, but none that I was looking at, but it is fun to sort of look at the cigar style of looking. investing. They're definitely something for people to check out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a weird market to be in. And it's sort of a fun little rabbit hole to dive down. But there's a reason those companies are so cheap. So it's a, it's a different form of gambling. But it's a, it's a fun way to look at it and a fun thing to think about financially. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially if it's a company that you know of. I know I've seen Wish ads like crazy in the past, and I haven't seen any recently. But I know they sold very, very cheap things for basically nothing, and most of the stuff wasn't very good quality. And I just wonder if people maybe maybe stopped buying from them just because the quality of the product i've only ordered maybe one or two things i know my wife has ordered a couple outfits just to wear in like music videos and things so she would wear that and they would literally just last a day or two just just for the just for what we were using it for but things like that it was nice because we wouldn't have to spend a lot of money and it still looked really nice but it, the quality was is just just shit yeah. Yeah. And I've always been drawn to it. I, I looked at Wish for a while just because I thought it was a contrarian idea just because it is it is different. It, But it was gaining traction, all that kind of stuff. But it just when you look at it, it's just the company has red flags all over the place. Their CEO just quit. Their entire team just turned over. There's there's a ton going on there um, and their sales have been cratering like crazy. And I think it's because. They ripped off the advertising, which was driving a huge portion of it. Yeah, I guess they just played the the arbitrage and cheap advertising versus what they were selling. Because a lot of their ads were pretty enticing because you would see something and it looks pretty good and it's for this much. And you're thinking, well, hell, if it just lasts this long, 
Yeah, that was kind of the thing with uh, with Steph is like she's like, well, if it just lasts today, it'll save me a lot of money on an outfit that I would normally not be able to get, and I just want it for you know this one project we're doing versus having to spend you know hundreds, several hundred dollars on something that you're just really trying to use for a day or two. So certain things like that, I think it was useful, but I don't know the the experiences that we've had with it is just like. If you're not doing it for something like that, or maybe maybe you buy something and you're going to some kind of event and you don't want to spend a lot of a lot of money on it, you could probably use it for a day, but it's not quality um, quality things from from my perspective. But um, that being said, um, I guess we don't have anything else uh, to go over with the markets. Yep. Yeah. No, that's all I got. So I'm I'm good wrapping it. All right. I guess we'll round up here. Um, I'll say before we get out is I had a couple of traders on the on the Just Winging It podcast on Friday. We recorded that, and it's anywhere you typically find podcasts. We talked about traders using charts versus order flow, and we had a nice little debate. We had uh, two other traders, day traders. Um, on, on the podcast on Friday. So if anyone missed that, definitely go and check that out. We appreciate everyone listening and supporting us. Our numbers have steadily been increasing. So we really appreciate that. And if you want to ask your questions live, definitely check us out on Twitter Spaces. You can come up, ask a question. We can even debate or talk or have a conversation about whatever feel like having uh, with this uh, the twitter spaces is held on fat baby funds twitter account uh, we hold it there on tuesdays we usually started somewhere between seven and eight typically is most we'll you can definitely uh, come on the show and, and talk to us if you want to and if not you can find us anywhere podcasts are usually available so like share follow the just swinging it podcast on twitter at just or at swinging it there's no just on our twitter handle it's at swinging it and uh, watch out there in the markets. There have been a lot of fluctuations. Uh, I think volatility will continue to elevate and stay high. So stay safe, keep your position sizing small, and we'll catch everybody next week. Thanks, everybody. The contents of this week's episode of the Just Swinging It podcast are for educational and entertainment purposes only. All persons are only given their opinions and are not to be considered financial advice. The Just Swinging It podcast isn't responsible for any financial actions you may take based on the conversations held on this show.